We are back. Borderline Live Australia, episode 53. It's coming straight at you. If you haven't already, jump on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you get your podcasts from. Throw us a like, follow, and subscribe wherever you can. Really appreciate that. That's what keeps us going. I'm your host, Dan Dunnellan. Joining me as does every week, except for last week, it's Mel Crawford. The big dog. How you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, big show. We've been sort of off air for a few weeks now, but mm. we're back. Mm. Better than ever. Yep. Year two of the Ball Don't Lie Australia podcast. Looking forward to continuing our coverage of all the leagues over here. You know, the NBA and... You know, a few other bits and bobs along mm, the way. I'm sure there'll be some basketball <laughs> stuff that crops into our world. Oh, love it. Coming up, it's been a few weeks, so we've had to cram a lot in. Mm. We're going to be chatting NBL, some of the big headlines going on there. The WNBL, whenever they're squeezing a few games in for us. Um, yeah. yeah, COVID's a thing, but we'll get to that later. A lot of NBA, because that has been still going, even though we have not. So... <laughs> There's a lot to cover there, and we're mm. going to do that via pick and roll. It's back just like we are. Mm-hmm. It has a brand new sting this week, too. <laughs> brand new sting. I'll get your reactions to that live on air. I'm sure it'll be great. Oh, I'm not so, but yep. <laughs> we're also, it's our special, special episode. We're going to be joined by Aaron Anderson, former Brisbane Capital. Not of the NBO One North, it wasn't that then. It was the QBL. Um Superstar point guard from there. He's currently over in England playing, and he was kind enough to stop by and join us uh, for a, a good while. Mm. <laughs> we chatted mm. all things from basketball to pies. It was yeah, great chat. It's my kind of yarn. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Uh, that's going to be coming up in this episode. First of all, though, Mal, we've been waiting a couple of weeks to do this. It's our one-year anniversary, everybody. I Aww. know. Just wanted to share with the listeners out there, because you guys are the ones that make this happen. I mean, of course, there is a podcast without you. It wouldn't be a very good one. Um, no, not really. We, we could sit and record for nobody. But the fact that all of you are listening and tuning in um, means so much to us. And we, we've come so far, and that's just helped us you know, put down bigger goals for this year moving forward. Just wanted to share a few little stats with our, our fans, Mal. Mm-hmm. So when we first kicked this off, I brought a little corkboard over to your house and we put some goals on it and what are we doing here? And yep. We just thought, look, if 10 to 20 of our inner circle-ish mates tune in every now and then, sweet. Let's just do something for fun. 12 months later, we are... We have been listened to in 20 countries. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have had nearly or just under mm-hmm. 4,000 downloads and listens. That just, it blew my mind when we were going through these earlier, Mel. And, and we've been listened to in 24 separate states in USA as well. Oh, like, nearly half. Yeah, <laughs> nearly half. <laughs> but I mean, just... For where we wanted to be after 12 months and where we actually are is so awesome. And look, there, there's so many people we can thank, obviously our listeners. Um, I did want to give a special shout out to our good friend, Shawnee. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's listening, but mm-hmm. 
You know, he sort of helped us get our gig in the commentary that's that's led to bigger things. Yep. Uh, so, you know, very specific shout out to him. And Love you, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> big Shawnee. Um, along with, you know, Lockie and Hamish out there at the Caps, they look after us as well. And um, look, we won't list them all, but the people we say are our mates, I guess. We should thank them. Yeah. <laughs> Next <Thanks>. year. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, just all you, all you listeners that you know aren't necessarily our mates, but you, you've been tuning in each week, whether it's to listen to our you know our, our local stuff or really local stuff with the state leagues, NBA news, or whether you just tune in to listen to our interviews that we've been so fortunate to have set up. Uh, Mel and I really thank you all, uh, and that's really what keeps us going here. So let's Definitely. keep this thing getting bigger and bigger. Um, as I said at the top, you can do that by following and subscribing, and, of course, sharing us around. Just a- any way you can share us on Facebook or Instagram, we really appreciate that. But Definitely. Big now, thanks to everybody. One one year anniversary. I believe we've got a few gifts in the studio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I decided to run with the theme of, like, a wedding anniversary, so that they're themed for anyone that's not married or doesn't know. Um, if you are married and don't know. Awkward. <laughs> uh, year one, of course, Mel, is... Paper. Paper. So, um, Mel, do you remember what you got your lovely wife, Amy, for your first wedding uh, anniversary? I do, actually. Um, I didn't just get her some paper, but as anyone who knows my wife knows, she's, you know, heavily into her Disney and, you know, this, that and the other. And she was you know, really into baking at the time and purely by chance they were bringing out a Disney, was it weekly magazine thing and of cooking different cakes and whatever so i got her like the first 10 things of that and she loved it so nice tick the box of paper and all those sort of things that she was into at the time so nice little subscription um yeah look my wife and i's gifts were you know kind of funny in a way because we ended up getting each other the exact same thing and when i say exact same thing i mean exact same thing (laughs) so look we we both enjoy going to the theater and watching performances and stuff like that um liz a bit more than me but you know i still enjoy going and there was a performance in town that we'd both wanted to see for a while a little little play some of you might know book of mormon (laughs) it's kind of well known Mm -hmm. and yeah we ended up getting each other both double passes to go see that so yeah that was a bit awkward when i handed her the gift and she just started laughing and i was like oh I screwed up the first anniversary gift. Um, but no, it turns out, yeah, I picked two perfectly. Uh, and luckily enough, we knew another couple that wanted to go. So got that sorted. But Mel. Cool. Yep, it wasn't me and me and my wife. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not, a, it's not about them tonight. It's about us, Mel. So yeah, it's true. Let's get down to the, the real gift giving here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Would you like me to go first, Mel? I've got a gift for you. Um, Yes, look, I would because I've gone full blown Sheldon on this. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that. Is it a fake thing? And it just I pull it out and says Bazinga, or no, no, no. So I've got a few different things, and oh, if you geez. go first, depending on the sort of how cool your gift is, depends on how sort of <laughs> yeah. I feel like you've gone a lot more f- out than me, so <laughs> I'll, right. I'll get my rubbish out of the way first. Hey, <laughs> what do you got? Well, you I got? got two gifts now, both paper themed. Nice. In, you know, in a way. Um, so if you want, I'll hand you a box and you can open it and describe 
what you are seeing when you open it, I guess. Okay. Well, there's fragile stickers on it right from the jump. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it is fragile, and my wife's moved it several times, so I hope she kept it fragile. Oh, I'm sure she would have. I'm sure she would have. Ah, it looks to be a framed something. Ooh, nice. That looks to be... It's going to be awkward if you don't know who this is. It's Tatum. Yeah, there we go. Is he posterizing LeBron? Mmm, that nice. was his arrival in the playoffs. Nice. Very nice. Mm. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, I feel rather good about what I got you then. <laughs> is it Jason Tatum posterizing LeBron? <laughs> uh, no. Well, I know your, your love for a, a certain player, so... I went... All right, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Unless you want to jump in. No, you have no, another gift. No, no, go for it. Go for it. You sure? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. You go. So, Mel, at the end of each episode, um, we do a thing called Crack'em, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. you start reading our cards and I try and guess who it is, blah, blah, blah. I thought it'd be nice to turn the tables and, and I'll play Crack'em with you. Oh, no. So I'll hand you the card. Okay. You can't open it yet, oh. of course. <laughs> I'm going to read you the back of another card of this person because the back of this one says nothing. Oh, good. <laughs> I think. Good, good. Okay, so I'm going to read you the back of a card belonging to this player mm -hmm. and we'll see if you can guess who it is. Yeah, lo long-time listeners of the show will know that this is my forte. I should nail this. This player, as with Tom Gugliotta... Falls somewhere between a small and power forward. The position isn't as important as the production. Like Googs, I'm reading this straight off the back of a card, <laughs> a top uh, card. Like Googs, this person can rebound, run the floor, and score in the post, or with the face-up J. Their understanding of the game may be each player's greatest asset. Now, so his player was, went to USC, mm -hmm. was drafted by the Nets in the second round. Now, you were just saying my love for a certain player. Which player was that? Your love for a certain player. There's probably two or three that that really... <laughs> is it like my ultimate love? Oh, well, it'd have to be Kobe. Okay. Look... This player has a similar nickname. <laughs> that would have to be the one, the only, the debated goat in small <laughs> circles. Uh, one Brian Scalabrini. And what's the nickname I was referring to? Uh, that'd be the White Mamba. All right. Do you want to open up your little card there, <laughs> man? Uh, I want to leave that little uh, guest to oh, last. Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. It's a holding court. Was it uh, signed card? Mm. Thanks, Ver bud. Verified, allegedly. Verified, <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, well, now I feel pretty good about, uh, yeah, I, I feel set to return serve here. Okay, okay, right. okay. I went with the... Uh, <laughs> Everything's a competition for male guys. Oh, yeah, I... First oh, of a all, pair of shoes. I win at gift giving every year. It, it's it's a competition. It's not about as my dad used to say when I'd ask him at Christmas. So who got you the better gift? It was me, wasn't it? I won. <laughs> I won Christmas, didn't I? He'd always say, "No, no, it's it's not. It's the thought that counts." It's like, all right, sure. <laughs> uh, I tried my best to get you uh, 
Oh, maybe not a pair of shoes. A pair of Kobe's. Yeah, oh, it did. I, I've got just a real heavy a, box. A really light box. <gasps> oh, all right. We've got a card. Mm-hmm. Got a card. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is Kobe on the front. My eyes are Kobe Bryant. It's a Slam Magazine cover card. Mm-hmm. This is very nice. For those of you who don't know, this is the thought process that went into this particular card. Obviously, it's Dan's favorite. 2003. Yeah, Dan's favorite mm. player. Uh, on a cover that he actually has a subscription for and has done for a long time. So I figured... You know, Very long time. Not not 2003 long. No. But um, I, I did actually... Vince Carter was the slam of the month in this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to get you two. Unfortunately, I was let down uh, by a particular eBayer, which has now only happened to me twice when I'm buying things for you, which is... I tried to buy him a microphone once. And Although, I'm not sure about the back of this issue. card, Mal. It mentions that Kobe dished dimes. Uh, Beg to differ, <laughs> especially in those times. Well, you oh, know. Very good, very good. All right, so when... Do I keep the box? Uh, you can if you want to. Mm, I'll pass. <laughs> so when the... Uh, when I ordered the second Kobe, so that you would have, I'd be able to give you a pair of Kobe's, was the idea. Ah. Uh, yeah, you go, because you love a good pun. Um, I actually got you some other cards. Now, when we first Ooh. did Crack'em, there was one particular card. No. There was one particular card for those long-term listeners that we cracked and you were really into because of the... Literally the timing of it. There was no other reason to get into it because I'd tried to do a hard sell oh. on fantasy the week before and that player was oh. really hard to forget. It was Grant Riller. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I was Jeez, able... That was so long ago. Yes, it was. That's that's how long we've been doing this now. Oh, uh, so I was able to get you three different... Oh, the Grant Rilla collection. Grant Rilla cards, including oh. one that's signed. Oh, I've got his autograph. And they were going so cheap that I was actually able to get myself one too. So now we have matching Grant Reeler autograph cards, mate. That is unreal, Mal. Grant Reeler. So we're all fans now. We are trivia. Who's he play for now? It's it's in the G League. Is it? Yep. I couldn't tell you. I know he actually ended up playing about seven games. Uh, so it's it's not going well for Grant Reeler, but that's all right. That's part of the punchline. Um, it just means, look, the value's gone down right now, but when he's back... Exactly. It can circle back around. I mean, look at Lance Stevenson stuff's going through the roof right now. So, well, I say through the roof. It was at rock bottom. He so. last played for the Delaware Bluecoats. That yep. is not sounding very optimistic. No, no. But last played, not current. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not looking Yikes. good, but that's okay. That just, you know, uh, that's, that's part of the mistake. Look, there's going to be no one else that owns four Grant Rilla cards. Exactly. Outside of the Grant Rilla family. And I did get you one more little thing, just as a, you know. Uh, I got you, I know how much you love a pun, and it is our paper anniversary, so I got 
you a calendar, oh. which you have to promise to put up. <laughs> oh, that is absolutely magnificent. Sports Illustrated bikini models. No, that's 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 certainly not it. I, I got him a, a Oh, lovely. let me put my glasses on. Yeah. <sighs> oh, guilty pleasures. Guilty's not spelt right, though. Yeah. Guilty pleasures. Why am I on the front of this? You are not on the front, Tiger. <laughs> um, look, I, I love it. Mm. <laughs> I thought you might. I thought you might. I will uh, make sure that goes straight in my filing cabinet. Mm -hmm. It's Go. in the front yard with a red lid on it. Yep, so. that's going straight to the pool room, folks. <laughs> Oh, uh, good stuff. We'll, we'll put some photos up of the, the different, um, all the different <laughs> Most gifts. Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> all the different gifts up on the socials this week. Oh, jeez. As well. All right. All right. Um, Mel, should we keep it moving here? Jump straight into our good stuff? Yeah, let's jump straight into the good stuff, mate. All right. The NBL's back. We're back. Mm -hmm. The league we love. The podcast you love. Yeah. And look, we've dodged... A lot of postponements in the last week or two. We've just just been told that um, Tassie and the Breakers game is being postponed, unfortunately. Mm. But other than that, we're, we're looking pretty good here. Uh, first topic I'd like to bring up is the Hawks. Yes. Uh, yes. Look, I had jotted down, you know, they, they knocked off the Kings. I was like, good. They, it was a dominant win. They had United coming up. I was ready to start writing down that the Hawks are ready to contend. They're looking good. Mm -hmm. And look, Delhi happened, which we'll get to soon. Mm. My problem with the Hawks right now, if you look at their roster on a piece of paper, not just to keep theme of paper on the show tonight, but mm -hmm. if you look at their mm -hmm. roster, you think, my goodness, what do we do with this team? How do we stop them? Mm. Problem is they can't seem to all fire at the same time right now it's sort of maybe two of them going off at once whether it's you know cleveland and wreath one night then um as we saw the other night we had uh sam froling and, and tyler harvey combined for 50 against the kings you know and then they come out against united when we're like okay cool we've just seen what they've done to the kings they're looking good and then froling harvey cleveland those three combine for 10 of 37 from the field. Mm. You know, like we're talking around un, like 30% or less from the field just after two of them have accounted for 50 points. So unfortunately, as of right now, great collection of talent, but can they all just put it together at once now? Um, look, that'll be the question moving forward. I think, I think they can... Because, you know, of, well, let's, let's call it what it is. It's, it's a celebrity man crush. Um, old Coach Gorgian. Mm. He's, he's pretty amazing. It, you know, there's, the, the, there's reasons he holds the records he does in the NPL. Um, but if we actually look at the play, like you look at Duop Reith, for example. In the last few games, he's had this innate ability to drive real hard to the basket, score. Mm. You know, really working around that elbow, you know, 
lock area, really go to work. Then when the defenders get right up in his grill thinking, yep, you know, that's all he can do, he'll then step out, nail a three. And that just is giving him so much space, like everywhere he wants to go because he has that ability at the moment. Like it's when, when he's locked in, but other times he'll make, you know, poor decisions like unfortunately towards the end of the United game, um, you know, things like that. Then you've actually got one one name that you didn't mention there that I will, um, Harry Froling. Mm. At, off, in the last three games, he's scoring just below a point a minute coming off the bench. Not a point a minute, below, but still. Um, and <clears throat> he's actually showing real consistency in that area, which is the one thing he did not have when he was in a Bullets jersey. So, you know, what, what's actually causing that? Is that, you know, Brian, Brian Gorgian again? Is it being with his brother and seeing Sam just light it up and getting all the praise and attention that he is at the moment and thinking, whoa, I, I want a piece of that action? Or is it the flip side of, you know, being with your brother and he basically just kicking your ass and telling you some hard truths and, you know, what actually is it? But... It's only three games, but if you look at these three games, he's playing consistently off the bench. He's scoring consistently off the bench at a fairly high, like a point a minute or under a point a minute from a bench guy, exactly what you're looking for. But again, across the team, it's not all, all of them aren't coming together. There's no season cohesion between games at the moment, which... You know, you don't necessarily. It, it's great when you've got those players who can, who can fire when one isn't. But it's yeah, it's a little disjointed at times. But when they fire, it does look good. Well, and they're going to have to sort it out because over the next seven days, as of this Thursday, mm. they play Perth twice and Adelaide in between. Um, two of the big hitters of the league and. Um, look, they've just those two teams have just played each other tonight, and Adelaide just whooped Perth. So, mm. you know, Adelaide showing no signs of rust after their long layoff. But the Hawks over those three games in a week, that that's tough, and that's going to show us: are they legit, or are we making too much noise based on names? Um, I mean, look, yeah. we saw it last year. It's not just names on the court; <laughs> they've got the biggest or one of the biggest names on the sideline as well so mm. it's a great team coached really well you know it's all there to be put together can they do it i'm gonna make a prediction that they will split the perth games all right win one lose one and then well flip of the coin for the adelaide one it'll depend on which hawks show up and and which adelaide well that's true too <laughs> that's that's exactly <clears throat> exactly true because they've had you know, similar issues through the season as well. Melbourne United, they are Ooh. looking every bit the title contender. Look, we weren't too flash on them at the in the off season, just like we weren't too flash on Perth. A and to be fair, to be fair, not really any other media was big on them either. So, mm. uh, anyone saying they were probably a fan of that team, uh, and they didn't come out with the like. Dropped those first two games, yeah. and then all the haters jumped on as well. Yeah, so. and look, I mean, Delhi's here. Mm -hmm. He made it happen. 
against the Hawks. He had 33 points, eight assists, went 7-11 from deep. And he managed to, although scoring all those points, which is by far his biggest output of the season, uh, he still managed to do bits of everything as well, like he has been with the assists, the rebounds, the defensive plays. It was a full, complete, I am Matthew Delavadova, NBA champion. This is me on a basketball court. And I don't know about you, Mal. Obviously, we're not Melbourne United fans. Jeez, it was good to watch. Oh, yes. This is what I really wanted to see for the whole season when I picked him for my MVP mm. um, of the season because he is capable of this. Uh, one thing I will, no I will note from this game was when he was knocking down these threes, he wasn't rushed. They were smooth, they were stroking, and when he drove inside, which he has been able to do all season, he drove inside, same thing. He just looked like he had a world of time. So he's starting to finally slow down. It, he just looked like bit, a bit too much deer in the headlights um, early in the season. When he was out at, out at range, you just, oh, oh it's, it's going up. Mm. Whereas in this game, it, it just came to him. It flowed. Look, hopefully he can, you know, punch out and it'd be great to think that he's going to just be like this now for the rest of the season. I'd love it to happen. I don't think it will, but I'd love it to happen. But if we could have somewhere between here and like where, you know, those four-point games and things like that that he has had, wow, Melbourne United, geez, that's that's going to be a tough matchup for anyone. And they've they haven't dropped a game now since they dropped that those first two of the season. So it's only going to make them look stronger. Yeah, and look, we can give CG all the praise in the world because Goulding is a beast and mm -hmm. he's getting buckets. He, he wasn't flash hot in this game, but yeah. other than that, he's been fantastic. Oh, I don't also wasn't required. And yeah, well, not when Delhi's doing that. No, and Jeez. does, doesn't have the ego that he has to get his shops up. Well, and in that regard, you know, like CG didn't need to do that because CA was doing his thing. Mr. Agata, who mm -hmm. very quietly is just, quality he's so good he's averaging 16 and 8 i don't know who know if anyone knows that but there's no noise being made about um agata but he's such a good running mate with in between delhi and, and bubbles on the perimeter there and i've been really impressed with him uh along with jla mm. um luala cool who you know i think he's becoming one of the best centers in the league he was coming off the bench last year. He's been thrust into that spot now that Jock's gone over to the Spurs, which we'll get to later. Um, and, and look, in these two games on the weekend, 22 and 13 and 11 and 12. I mean, JLA, he, he's cemented his spot as a center and probably one of the best in the league at the moment. Yeah, you got the feeling with JLA from the from the early preseason stuff that he was going to have a much bigger role because he came... He was obviously starting, but he was all the ball was going through him. Mm. Like every time up the court, they were looking to go through him. And in those early preseason games, he then was a blew out in the first quarter and had massive, you know, massive scores. You know, mainly because they were going through him, but it was a look to the sign of, you know, it was a sign of the future for this season as to how the United were looking to shape, you know, how they were going to move forward. And 
Yeah, he's stepped up big. So definitely, yeah. a, definitely a big win bringing him back this year. And United fans must just be pretty excited because they weren't written off, but they weren't given you know strong odds to, to do much this year. And here we are, eight games in, Melbourne won, Perth two. It's just... Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind. They just do it every time. Um, Perth, with their loss to Adelaide this evening, dropped down to second. And Melbourne United take pole position. Um, eight games in for them. They're six and two. Just want to give out a bit of good news, good vibes, before we uh, jump into the Bullets banter of the week. The New Zealand Breakers. Yes, they're still on the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. We're not going to focus on that, Mel, because... We've been telling Breakers fans, stick with the team. There's been injuries. They're a bit disjointed. Um, You know, there's so much going on with that club. Since we last spoke, they've picked up two dubs. Mm. One of them I don't want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) because it was an absolute shocker at the Armoury here in Brisbane. Um, But they also knocked off the Kings, which I'm more than happy to talk about. Mm. But, But look... Wet, Yanni Wetzel had a massive game against the Bullets, a career game. And he's been a bit hot and cold, but, geez, when he's hot, he is on fire. He's, he looks like the best big in the league. But then, you know, he goes a bit quiet in other games. So, Like he did against the Kings. Yeah, and, you know, we've had another joke with another player there. Best on, best off. When I say we, I mean I. Mm. <laughs> I won't make you take the fall for that. Uh, I've been on the joke, but I've, it's it's accurate. Yeah, like, his play's been up and down, up and down. It's interesting that they're sticking with him as a starter. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not here to poo poo anyone's play, but I don't know if they're watching these imports off the bench or not. Mm. But Peyton Siva, he's come back from injury. He looks like the best player on this team by a mile. So he had 19 and five against United after 11, four and four against Brisbane. That's on the surface, but in between that, he's getting steals. He's shutting down, you know, the other team's best guard most of the time. Uh, and I, I think he's ready, maybe at the, spend, at the expense of our Brizzy Willie there, who's not in the hottest of form right now. No. I think he, and I would love to see Jeremiah Martin jump into that starting lineup, maybe for, you know, Will and, and Besson to sort of, you know, Give us, give us a spark off the bench, fellas. Because, mm. you know, Jeremiah Martin, he's averaging 15, 4, and 3. You know, he, he could easily be starting there with Seaver as well. So, look, there's a reason why I'm not paid to coach and manage the Breakers. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here talking about him. But I'm going to predict... And their coach has also got his contract secured, I think, for the next two seasons. Hmm. So. Well, you did a prediction, Mal. I'm going to do a prediction too. Go Over the next... Oh, what's fair? Three games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to predict that we see both of those players start at some point. I'd say that's a fair prediction. And rightfully so. Mm. As I said, not trying to poo-poo any other players that are currently in the lineup, but look, the numbers don't lie. These guys are just lighting it up right now. Well, even if you just look at their purely minutes played, you've got against the Kings... Was that Martin had 37 mm-hmm. with 22, 4 and 4, and Siva played 30 minutes with 17, 5 and 5. So, it, just purely from a you know production standpoint, 
it's hard to see what, what more they need to do to crack that starting five. But at the same time too, if you've got that kind of options coming in off your bench, well then. No. But you do want to, if you're the breakers, you've got to improve this seven and two record. Yeah, and look, it's it's tough. They've played more games than anyone, but mm. they've won two games. The Hawks are third. They've only won four games. Mm. So, as we've been telling you, the season's not over. The next two games, again, not trying to poo-poo anyone, but their next two games are Cairns and Tasmania. Very winnable games. Not saying they will win, but they are more winnable than, say, a road trip to Perth or, you know, what should be tough, a road trip to Brisbane. <laughs> but that didn't work out well for our Brizzy boys. But that's okay because now... It's all right, we're going to shoot you down, unless you're the breakers. <laughs> uh, look, Mel, thanks for putting that clip together. Um, the old Bullets ad, is it 80s? Yeah. 80s, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's why the audio is a bit scratchy. It's, it's <laughs> from 40 years ago. Hey, you did well. And, and, and look, we introduced this segment last time we were here in the studio. We're calling it the Bullets Babble. Of course, we're, we're unapologetic homers, so... Mm-hmm. We're going to break down the Bullets game, games mm. uh, each week on the pod. So, uh, look, we're not going to go into that Breakers game. That was, you know, two weeks ago now, almost. But let's talk about this sweet game against the, the Phoenix. Oh, you know, wasn't it, though? You know, shout out to our guy, Mitch Creek, by the way. Had a, had a really good game. Mm. But the Bullets defeated the Phoenix 100-84. to and that scoreline looks so good to the Phoenix compared to what the game actually was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, typically in first quarters, when there's a when there's a bit of a jump, I like to just note down the the score at different points. And it was I first started when the Brisbane Bullets were had you had the Phoenix by was it sixteen to two, mm. and then before you knew it, it was twenty six to three. Mm. And I was like. What? And then was it by the end? Uh, Is the scoreboard broken? Or <laughs> what's going it was on? thirty-one to six as we went into the second quarter. Franchise record first yep. quarter margin, by the mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And as Andrew Gaze said on the broadcast, the bullets are not a one-year like they haven't been around for just a single year. They have won some games mm. and played a heck of a lot of first quarters. So that sort of tells you how. You know, historic that lead. Yeah, I think back to those was. teams of like Derek Rucker, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Black, Sam McKinnon, Mark Brackey. Derek, do I say Derek Rucker? Mm-hmm. CJ mm-hmm. Bruton. It's just like they never had a lead that big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, geez, that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, every starter finished in double digits for the Bullets. Uh, I'm personally enjoying this little, you know, re rediscovery of form for Drim right now. In his last two games, he's had 14 points on each occasion and a bit of a, I'm sure, you know, friend of the show, you won't mind. He would have said himself, first few games of the season, he was sort of finding his feet again and, you know, he's rehabbing still. And it, it's good to see that at both ends of the floor, he seems to be back right now. 
Yeah, well, I actually had it in my notes. Was it because in the in the previous game he actually opened the scoring with a three down in the corner mm. um, against the Breakers? And in my notes, it was you know that's got to be great for Dream's confidence. And sure enough, you know, as you said, fourteen and fourteen from through both games. Um, yeah, look, there was a little bit of you know push and shove as there always is. A couple of gentlemanly disagreements on the court. With old Drim, um, but it's great to see him back with a bit of form. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it wasn't looking great, but he's back. Um, one player that really stood out for me uh, over the last couple of games have to be LP, and not just in the fact that he's you know just looking in the box score or anything like that. This renaissance. Oh, it it's it's getting so good. Like against the Breakers. Um, and even going back to the uh, against the Wildcats, he was getting inside to the block and then going to work. In this game, on the back of that, and I'm sure Phoenix would have seen the film, he was getting to the block and then someone else from the Bullets was cutting to the basket. He was dishing to them to get the assist. Like, he's just... The thought that is going into his game at the moment, it's mm. its exactly what the Bullets need and it feels as if he's being used and utilised in a more and more way that's going to help the team move forward and win these games. It's not just... You know, and occasionally he'll have a moment where he'll you know, jack up a three that clangs off ugly, but other times they, you know, they go in and it's like, well, all right. But... Um, and on defensively in this game, he seemed a lot more locked in and was giving a lot better effort. Um, there was that moment in the Breakers game where he sort of gave up on a defensive end. Coach was like, "How'd you come, big fella?" Yeah, he's getting toward. <laughs> yeah, not not really what we're looking for here, but uh, yeah, his he, the the way they're using his his game and the way he's looks to be you know thinking and reacting and just yeah, as you said. Renaissance. Re- really enjoyed seeing it. Yeah, well, every, everything's up from last year. And look, I know it was said that you know, he wasn't having the the best of seasons last year. And, you know, oh, like every all his stats are up. I mean, he's averaging 16-4-4 four and four for the year. Way, way up from what he was doing with the Breakers and then a few games of the Bullets last season. He's shooting 44%. But as you say, like, it's the playmaking. And we saw that a bit in the NBL 1 North with the Spartans, uh, his willingness to create for others, even being the star of the team at times, they may have wanted him to do more, <laughs> but he's just enjoying that playmaking aspect of his game and it can only make others better. And we've seen him catch a heater um, a few times in games this season. And, you know, he's kept us in games, he's won us games and, mm. When he, when he gets on fire, he's tough to stop. And he's sort of one of those players of like, no, no, don't you? Oh, good shot. Good shot. <laughs> That's the one. That's what we want. Uh, <laughs> one other player I wanted to bring up. The big. Mm. One of the bigs. Mm. Mr. Rob Franks. Mm. Franks hot sauce. Now, he, I just brought this up just as a bit of a comparison with Vic Law throughout the season. Just, you know, like. It's not beat around the bush. It's Vic's replacement and somewhat like for like, but then different at the same time. Like to me, the eye test is a bit bigger than Vic, mm. a bit more dominant on the rebounds and, and maybe such a thick trunk. 
It's, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that, that's what I, when I see him actually playing on the court and when, when he actually stops and stands up during, you know, breakages in play, that, that's one of the, just so thick through the middle. Yeah, he's, well, he's come over from the NBA and the G League and you can really tell, like, you saw what happened to Magne when he went over for, you know, a little while, just beef right up. I mean, if you're coming out of that system for a while, they always seem to be a bit more jacked up than, than our guys here and you can definitely see that with Franks. But on the season, he's averaging 19 and 10 or just under 10 rebounds. It's like 9.8 or 7, I think. Um, shooting 40% from deep which I like. Uh, now, Vic Law, surprisingly, is having a good... Not surprisingly having a good season, but compared to what I thought he was doing, he's averaging 23 and 7. But he's shooting nearly 50% from deep. So it's a, it's a quite a bit less volume than Frank's, but a higher percentage nonetheless. Uh, so, look, I think the Bullets, whilst they had the disappointment of losing Law... They've done a good job in recruiting Franks and they're not the same player necessarily, but he's more than replacing what, what the Bullets lost, in my opinion. And he makes big plays. Mm. He He's not scared to shoot the ball at the end of the game. He's got that, that sobiness of, yeah, okay, I, maybe I've missed 14 shots. Next one's in. Next one's in and I'm shooting it. Shooter mentality, baby. Yeah, so Let it run. really enjoyed um, watching him go through there. But anything else on the bullets for you, Mel? A uh, couple of things. Um, hard to go past. It was right at the end of the game, and he just missed. Uh, was it uh, that layup right at the death? Mm. Uh, young. Now Caps young fella. Yeah. Debut. NBL debut for one Max McKinnon. Uh, obviously, right at the end, you know, blooding the young fella, but still, I'm sure it's a great experience for him. He would have absolutely loved it. Yeah, um, of course. He's his NBL legend dad, right behind the bench, sitting there watching. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. Yeah, would have been great if that uh, layup would have gone in, but it was very contested right towards yeah. the death there. So it looked like the boys gave him a bit of grief mm-hmm. <laughs> after the game, all in fun, of course. Yeah, ah, oh, um, you know, bit. Bit of rookie love. Bit of rookie yeah. love. Yeah, a lot of potential there for young Max. Indeed. And look, you know, it was interesting to actually get more than two and a half minutes um, on the court for Jack Salt as well. Mm. So Big Jack. Yeah. He's a solid boy. He is. <laughs> he is. Um, obviously, there, there seems to be a bit of um, certainly fighting, but... Uh, Sort of mix and match going with with coach there around him and uh, Big Lou, and they seem to be tagging in and out a little bit there at different times, and but you know both driving to the ring hard and you know getting some buckets, cleaning up some scraps, and being available, and you know really really solid rebounders for those more outside shots. If you got either of those guys cutting to the basket. Um, you know, then you're going to feel a lot more confident jacking it up from the other side if you've got a big guy like that running running into, you know, if the shot doesn't go in, to potentially clean up that rebound. All right. Well, if that's a wrap on the bullets, Mel, be ready to jump across to the WNBL. Mate, let's do it. Ball don't, ball don't lie. lie. That ball don't lie. WNBL round, not just any round this week we're talking, we're talking the reach out round, which as long-term or short-term listeners of the show will know, 
know, reach out. Talking about mental health, reach out if you've you know if you need to chat. Um, if you're having any issues, please. You know, we talk about that um, so many times. Uh, you know, not just this round. Almost every week, uh, we we bring it up in some way on the on the, on the show. Um, you know, but if this is the if this is the thing that you look at and go, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make the call. I'm gonna reach out to a friend. I'm gonna reach out to a, you know, somebody to try and help me get through what I'm going through. Then please let this be it, and definitely reach out. Amen. Perth Lynx, they're on the mm. court. Poor buggers. They've had three <laughs> games in five days. Was meant to be four in six or seven, mm. um, but. Ironically, they had a postponed game postponed, uh, but still three games in five days. It really showed in that third one against the Boomers. That they only went down by a couple, but they were just looking a bit tired out there. But mm. Marina Mabry, my goodness, <laughs> uh, you know she plays in the WNBA, of course, for Dallas, and, and now with Perth in the WNBL. In her four games, she's averaging twenty-two six and four. And mm-hmm. she's just showing, like, again, not to talk down to anyone else, but she's just saying, look, I'm a step above here, and I'm going to show that on the court. And she's killing it. And, and Perth, at their best, they look legit. Just like, not necessarily predicted, but we've been, we've been saying pretty consistently on the show here, Mal, just wait for this sleeping team that mm-hmm. they're – they're good. They're just not playing yet. Now yeah. they are playing and they look good. And they've got all sorts of film and footage on every other team in the league. So they mm. get that bit of a, even though it's a slow start, it's a head start in a lot of ways. Yeah. So look, they only lost that one game in three uh, to the Boomers. And so look, they're going to look ahead to their next few games, try and keep rolling keep up the top of the table there. I mean, Adelaide is technically on top right now, but they've only played four games. So, you know, I think the Boomers are up to seven or eight games played now and probably my pick of the bunch as of recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just look so tough. Uh, very, They're going to be tough to beat all year. And, and, of course, you know, that's a bit of a segue into our next bit there. Tiff Mitchell, sort of in that Maybury mould of just a step above um whether it's scoring playmaking she even gets down and grabs rebounds i mean there's not really much that tiff mitchell can't do as of the moment and then look a couple of opals either side of her in ezzy and kayla george yeah and those two on the court together connecting so well as also i mean kayla's averaging a double double um ezzy's not too far off a double double as well Coming off the bench most recently too. So, yeah. Look, boomers are going to be tough, especially if they can stay healthy and basically just build on the chemistry they already have. You know, go into another season, um, and you know, was it? There's big chunks of this team that have stayed. Like, not not all of it, but there are big chunks that have. And you know, that's Kayla. That's um, Ezzy, and they're coming back together, and it's uh, it's showing more and more on the court. Mm. 
Just want to bring up the Flyers. Um, struggling a little bit, getting everything together there. Sure, they'll work it all out. But I just wanted to make note of friend of the show, Abby Bishop, who's impressively averaging 15 points, 10 boards, 4 assists for the season. She's had 27 rebounds combined in her past two games, which is just crazy stuff. And has been rightfully so rewarded with a spot in the Opals team that's just been announced. Mm. We won't go through the full list. Um, if you do want to see it, jump on the Opals socials. You can jump on our socials. It's all there. You can see the list. But good to see Abby being rewarded for her play and and being invited onto the Opals team to go and represent. Good to see. Yeah, especially considering, uh, as she said on our show, um, you know, She's getting towards, you know, she, she's a lot closer to the end than she is to the start. Mm. So, you know, a bit of a twilight, you know, renaissance and, um, yeah. Look, a bit, a uh, bit of issues around the Opals um, with her and mm-hmm. um, good to see that she's where she should be on mm. that team. Yep. And look, hopefully with knowing what those issues were in the past with uh, the FIBA championships being here in Australia, you know, ho- hopefully that helps her family situation and she can, you know, make this team and play and basically dominate the way she kind of has when she has uh, played in the past. Mm. So we'll, we'll be here to cover the WNBL and as more games are being played, we'll have a few more juicy storylines developing and I'm sure we'll see some big lines over the weekend that we can discuss next week. Uh, one thing I just want to note before we, we move on now is just – COVID seems to be impacting the WNBL really harshly this season. And it's Mm. making it quite difficult to get a read on, you know, how, how teams are traveling. You know, some teams have played eight games, some played four, (laughs) five. I mean, it's just like who's legit and who's just had a good run of two games and, or a bad run of two games. And, yeah, it's very hard to track because um, obviously you've got the teams like Perth who late start and now playing in a little mini bubble and now they've got you know three games on the trot mm. and now things have been pulled back a little bit again. So it's it's all up in the air, but you know those teams that can get in, keep that chemistry, you'd have to think it's going to um, teams that have been able to keep that sort of core group together that will benefit. Um, but there's no guarantee of that. So, yeah, it'll, it's only going to make for a more interesting season down the stretch for the WNBL this year. Yeah, and we'll be here to cover the whole thing now. But um, just before we move on to the NBA, um, oh, my phone's lighting up over there. wonder what that is. Oh, well, what do you got, buddy? Nobody can do it like Aaron can. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I might have to answer this phone call because coming up next is our interview with one and only Aaron Anderson. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Ball don't lie, Australia listeners. Yet another guest we've got lined up for you. We thank good friend of the show, Ann Kopskis, for the hookup with this one. We're bringing to you former capital or forever capital legend in my words now playing over in england after a few other little stops we have in my opinion one of the 
the best guards I've seen play that hasn't quite cracked the NBL um, and definitely should have. Aaron Anderson joining the show. How you going, Aaron? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Really excited to have you on the show. Uh, before we kicked up this podcast, seen a lot of your games for the Brisbane Capitals, uh, part of a little rowdy crew that used to attend a lot of home home games and just chant Tim Sung's name nonstop. And, uh, you know, it's worked for him. So <laughs> I guess it was all <laughs> worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we appreciate you guys during those games. Yeah, no, we actually, we spoke to Jason Kadee on the show a few months ago now and he, he remembered us sitting up there in the crowd just getting loud. I'm not sure it was a positive thing, but he definitely remembered us, so we'll take it. <laughs> just just to be clear, I wasn't one of the us that he's talking about, in case you're out there going, I hate those guys. They ruined everything. Like, no. Yeah, that's nah, right. There you guys brought the energy. Yeah, Mal, Mal just jumped on the bandwagon after the back-to-back titles, so we, we, we're OGs, me and the boys. It's all good. Yeah, it didn't go so well this year, unfortunately, but that's okay. That's okay. All right. Um, originally from Minnesota, what got you into basketball back in those junior days? Uh, my parents. My parents got me into it at a, a really early age. I always tell people that I started when I was about 10 months because my parents had a little basketball hoop over the crib and they would always come in and play. They got video of it, <laughs> video footage of it back in the day of just playing basketball with me early on. And then when I was able to uh, walk and become coordinated. They really st- uh, put the ball in my hands, and I fell in love with it ever since. Was there any uh, growing up in America? Who was your who was your NBA guy? Like in those early days that you wanted to in be the like? early days? It, well, my dad he got me on Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls, and Michael Jordan. Mm. And then once I found started finding my own players to follow, it was. Uh, Three players, actually. It was Derrick Rose, mm. Chris Paul, and a, a guy by the name of Aaron Brooks. Mm-hmm. Just and, yeah, just watching them, <laughs> trying, to take, uh, <laughs> trying to take bits and pieces of their game. And I always get the Aaron Brooks resemblance because we're similar in the style of game and the height. Nice. Yeah, no. Yeah, I remember Aaron Brooks. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he played for a lot of teams. I remember him with Houston um, was when I remember watching him, but... D Rose, one of my all-time favorites up there with Kobe, so that's a great choice as well. Um, and, and Mel and I both being dads, I, I I now hear that I've got a couple hoops around the house, but nothing in the baby's crib. So I think I've <laughs> got to make some changes, make sure that she falls in love with the game. There's a hoop going in the crib. Thanks for that tip there, Aaron. Oh, yeah. yeah no and you can use the royal we on that one. We, <laughs> we, we both need to be better. <laughs> Another hoop won't hurt. All right. No. Um, so, you know, you got into basketball there in, in mini, obviously pretty cold up there. Um, and then you headed off to college, four years at North Dakota. Uh, interestingly, uh, just statistically, your, your best year there was your junior year. I don't know if you know that or not. Um, yep. Averaging 13, 3 and 3, your m- most efficient shooting season as well. Uh, just If you could just touch on your years there at North Dakota and some of the highlights of your career there for us? Yeah, so going into my freshman year, came in, it was uh, six six freshmen. Um, and we were the, my freshman year, we were the highest scoring freshman class in the country, or like one of the top. And um, um, going through that freshman year, it was, it was, a, it was a grind for me because coming in, you 
you, you're used to being the main guy coming out of high school and then coming in, you're playing with another, uh, a lot of other talented guys. So my freshman year, I came off the bench and it was a, it was a different adjustment, but I just stayed with it, worked hard, kept going. And uh, towards the end of the season, we ended up winning our, our conference tournament. But because uh, my school was in its first year of Division One, we couldn't uh, qualify for the NCAA tournaments, oh. the March Madness, the big the big dance at the end of the year. So we ended up playing in a, a tournament called the CIT, College Insider Tournament, which is still around. And yeah, my freshman year was a little up and down rocky, but uh, it, it was good to say the least. And then from then on, from my sophomore year to my senior year, there was a coach by the name of Dean Oliver who played in the NBA for a little bit. Then he played overseas and he played at uh, Iowa uh, University, University of Iowa, which is in the Big Ten Conference in the U.S. And I picked his brain my my sophomore, my freshman summer going into my sophomore year. I picked his brain and stayed back on campus. I didn't go home that summer. And I just picked his brain on everything, watched film with him, broke down pick and roll techniques and, and every little every little little part of the game that I could think of that could help grow my game and my sophomore year I got the starting position and yeah everything just took off from there uh we ended up went we won back-to-back conference tournaments but again we couldn't qualify for the uh March Madness because our last year um we had to sit out you had to wait like two or three years and that was the last year by the time I got there and then, like you stated, my junior year was my most productive year as far as scoring. But um, the, our team just kept growing in, in talent. So, like, usually, like nowadays, you, you see a lot of players averaging high numbers. But back then, it was just more of a team game. And, like, a lot of players had uh, talent, but a lot of people had to sacrifice for the betterment of the team. So, yeah, my, my four years at UND was, was great. I, I don't regret anything about it. it it taught me a lot and it taught me a, a lot going into my professional career all right well yeah and great stepping stone to you know learn the game from someone that's you know achieved the highest standard i i guess for lack of a better term playing in the nba and i guess from what you're saying is you know that coach is probably second only to one sean Connolly. i'm i'm assuming <laughs> is that right <laughs> yeah that's, that's correct <laughs> Well, speaking of Sean Connolly, thank you. Uh, what what led you to um, coming to Brisbane, as they seem to say a lot in America? Uh, what led you to coming to Brisbane in the end? Yeah, so that's a that's a story to tell. So after my after my senior year, I signed with an agency, a, a European agency, to try to to get some looks, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, it was a, that was a uphill, that, that was, yeah, that was uphill mental grind because I, there's nothing that you can do. You just have to wait on the agent. So I'm checking in probably two times a week, just asking my agent, is there anything, is there anything, are the teams interested? And he would always get back to me that teams are interested, but, uh, they're questioning if you, if your size is going to be a problem. And so now you're just always playing the, you're always thinking like, man, is, is, does my height really matter? Can I actually play the game? Like you start questioning yourself because all these teams are questioning you. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I reached out 
to my assistant coach that played overseas, Dean Oliver, and he he reached out to one of his uh, teams that he played for, and they were interested. And my agent talked with the team and uh, gave me good feedback. And I, I, to this day, I still don't know what happened because the deal didn't end up happening, and I haven't heard from that agent since. So. After that happened, I started talking to a few more agents, but nothing was coming about. So I just took matters into my own hands. Uh, my my head coach from college, he had some connections in the G League, which was now called the G League, but back then it was called the, the NBA Development League. And I went for a tryout, had a good tryout for the Iowa Wolves, who was the Memphis Grizzlies uh, affiliate at the time. And they, they gave me good feedback and told me I was going to come into training camp. And then... Uh, so an NBA guy got cut and he took my spot going into training camp. So now I'm back at ground zero. And once that happened, I took matters in my own hands. I got the Eurobasket.com. Um, I subscribed to that website and I literally sent out emails to every team in every country and every division. And about two months later, I forgot the secretary that the Brisbane Capitals were using. I, I apologize for that anybody listening but the secretary uh, they're all gonna be listening me, <laughs> yeah a message um well she no longer works there now so I, uh, oh problem solving all, all good, good. All good. <laughs> yeah but the secretary that um that messaged me she messaged me i was sitting at my brother's high school game i'm watching the game in the stands and i get this email saying uh that the team is the head coach is interested and what I had time to talk and I'm like, yes, but a uh, couple days go by, don't hear back from them. And then I get, a, I was working at a basketball academy in Minnesota called 43 Hoops, just got off of work. And I went to this spot called Dairy Queen, which is like a ice cream place, but slash they sell food also. Yep. So I'm there having dinner and I get this call from uh, Coach Jeff. And he was basically asking me, would I still be interested in uh, coming out and playing? And I'm like, yes, I, I didn't care what the money was. I had just pretty much waited. I, I missed the whole European season right out, of, right out of college. And now this opportunity came and I, I ran with it. And yeah, the rest is history. Played there for my first five years out of, uh, out of college. Yeah, well, it, you know, that's on them if if they want to you know basically miss on you know, a guy of your skills then they missed out and the capitals won so we as a huge capital fans here cannot be at all upset about that <laughs> yeah no i the way it turned out I'm, I'm happy it went the way i met a lot of great people in australia and yeah the capitals are part of my my, my life forever yeah no absolutely loved watching you play out there and not just saying it just because you're on the show. I, I know it sounds like that, but just an absolute bucket. And I've always said you're one of the best players I've ever seen play that hasn't made it to that next level, um, which is really sad to see. And the whole size and height thing just really bothered me personally because... Because um, he's short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, um, your listed height is one centimeter taller than me. So maybe that's why I didn't make it as I'll, I'll stick with that. It's the only reason I didn't make it. But there's a young man in uh, the NBL named Bryce Cotton. He's he's pretty good. 
Um, and he's listed at four centimeters bigger than you. So it, it just shows that like if coaches are going to write someone off because of their size, they're just missing out in the end. Um, because, you know, if you're as good as you are, size shouldn't really be the determining factor there. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> right, but you're too humble. Control, you just got to just show what you can do and then hope that they take a chance on you. Right. And, yeah, appreciate your humbleness. I mean, I, I'd like you to just jump up and down and say, no, <laughs> I should have been there. Um, but we'll talk about the Caps a little bit more um, just because it's something near and dear to our heart and our audience there. Now, I don't know if you know this, but you played exactly 100 games for the club. Did you know that? Uh, I I had an idea, but I didn't know it was exactly 100. I, I knew I was close. So do you want to share with the audience what your 100th game would have been? Your last <laughs> My game? My 100th game would have been, what is that, going on two years ago now, uh, the grand final championship winning by 50 points. Mm, not a bad 100th game. Game, game two. <laughs> yeah, I'll tie him up. That was the that was the deciding game in in your back to back championship. So, yeah, massive highlight there. Um, what were some of your other highlights? Obviously, you won the the QBL the year before uh, that one. But what are some of your other highlights through your, your five years with the Brisbane Caps? Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I would say other highlights were getting to the grand finals. The ones, the two that we lost against uh Cairns and um Mackay. Mm. Just getting there like coming right out of college and getting to a, a championship overseas. That that was a, a a great experience. Even though we lost, it was still like it helped shape me to the to the player I am today. Like just gaining that experience and being in that atmosphere. And one of the funniest moments I could say <laughs> uh, my first year, I got fresh off the plane uh, there's a preseason game against the Spartans and, uh, I, I didn't play in the game. I just warmed up and I know, I don't know if, if Ed and them told you about it, but I, I dunked it in the, um, in the layup lines <laughs> and like the whole face of everybody, even the stands was like all shot. <laughs> and like, just seeing that it was, it was just funny to see everybody's faces after a little guy goes up and, and dunks in the, in warmups. <laughs> And like they all like to this day they they always remind me of remember when you got out right off the plane off of like seventeen hour flight and <laughs> and and dunked in warm up so like that was that was just one of the funny moments but man just going to practice each and every day with those guys and all the off the off the court antics that we <laughs> partake in it was all fun. Who who do you think was the hardest working teammate you had there? Hardest working. Mm. We'll get to some more fun awards after this one. I'd have to say hardest working, I'll give it to Jacob Davis or Anthony Kopsikis. Very good, very good. Two very mm-hmm. good friends of the show there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Ant just won the, uh, for lack of a better term, the hardest worker award at their latest awards evening. Do you remember the name of him now? Acceleration Australia. Yeah, he won it on his own, didn't he? Jim No, Rat. no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, something like these. <laughs> one of those awards at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. He he actually was at uh, split the award with Tim with our Timmy song. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, Jakey's still working as well. Who is your? F- who is the funniest guy in the locker room? <laughs> That'd have been Seb Windsor. 
<laughs> Did no hesitation Wenzel, at all. <laughs> and uh, on the recent team, well my, well, my last team would have been uh, Jacob Wilson or Kobe Wilson. Mm. Yeah, you know, those funny guys, guy. <laughs> they, they kept it light in the locker room. <laughs> all right. Uh, and who do you think, this is a tough one because you've really got to pick one, maybe two people here. Other than yourself, who is the the you know the best walking bucket you played with? Ooh, oh, best walking bucket! I had to give three. I had. I, right. I know you said one or two. I got to do three. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're a certified outside friend of, of the myself, show. <laughs> outside of myself, one would be Jason Kadi. Mm. I seen him go. I think it was fifty against Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, two. I'd say Will Magnate, and that's because he was just a dominant force down there. Mm-hmm. And three, Dusty Reichardt. Oh, Dusty. Some love for Dusty. We haven't had that on the yeah. show for a while. Appreciate that. All right. Um, look, we've got a couple more things in the caps here. Uh, just Ant told me to ask you this question, so I'm going to ask you, <laughs> and we can share this, I'm assuming. Uh, <laughs> he said, just ask Aaron about Yatla Pies. Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lapaz. I think everybody in Australia knows my love for Yat Lapaz. <laughs> but uh, uh, Farmy, also known as Brenton Mackey, mm-hmm. one day my first year, we he said, he, he asked me, have I ever had a pie? And I'm like, no. And he told me, well, I told him yes, actually. But it was, it was like the frozen kinds that the U.S. have, just the pot pies. Ooh, and he was like, no, 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 you need to have a bakery-style pie. So I'm like, a bakery-style meat pie. So I'm like, all right, let's see what the hype's about. <laughs> we went one day, and I've been back ever since. <laughs> Every time I was there, I was there at least once or twice a week, <laughs> driving down to Yatla Pies from, <laughs> from Brisbane. And, yeah, they pretty much know my order, the chicken and vegetable. <laughs> chicken and vegetable with the gravy on the side and some, and some chips and man. Yeah. I still to this day have withdrawals. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. That's why they're open 24 seven. Yeah. You're, you're in the land of the pie now. Is anything compared to Yatler over there in England? Nah, nope. And I'm saying that with a, with a sad heart that it, I haven't found <laughs> anything close to Yatler right. <laughs> since I left. And I have, it's been two years now. All right, uh, last thing about the Caps, so we don't make you talk about them all, all night. Uh, yeah. So we mentioned earlier that you've played exactly 100 games for them, uh, and we just thought you'd be really happy for your teammates, uh, Zach Carter and Ant Kopskis, who have both also played 100 games for the club, and they received framed commemorative jerseys. So pretty nice way to say thank you uh, to them, but, you know, you're a little bit jealous... You didn't get one? Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous. Those are my guys, though. I will, I will say I'm happy for them. But, yeah, I need one of those jerseys to go in my man cave. All right. Well, look, we'll give a shout-out to the guys running the caps at the moment, mm-hmm, Hamish Kane mm-hmm. and Lockie Nutter. We'll put in a good word. But, you know, there are some rumours swirling. We don't want to break too much news, but there's some rumours swirling. So, fingers crossed, um, we might be able to sort one out, hey? Yeah, that would be great. I would really appreciate that. All right, let's 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 move ahead from Caps. I know it's hard to do, but we don't want to keep you here all night. 
you've had a couple of stops. Um, you've been to Kosovo, you've been to France, now with Sheffield and England. How did how did that come about? Like, you know, you obviously had your time here in Australia, but how do you go from Australia over over to Europe? How did it happen for you? Well, for me, that goes back to my whole story in the beginning, how I got to Australia is just being your own agent. I was uh, like, it, obviously the Australian season or that the state league season is played in the summertime, your wintertime. Um, so it's opposite of the European season. So after each Australian season, I was trying to get into Europe and was always being told no based on either height or the lack of respect that they had for the state leagues in Australia. So each summer or each winter time I, when I was home, I was sending emails constantly, sending emails constantly. And yeah, I was getting the same answers or no answers. And then after, I think the championship had something to do with it just to show that I, I, I was a winner, came from a winning program. Uh, I had a friend who he played in Kosovo the uh, year prior before I got there and the team had reached out to him and said, do you know any point guards that we could use? Cause we were looking for a replacement. Cause when I played in Kosovo, I came in as a replacement player for the last three months of the season. Mm-hmm. And they, he recommended me, they checked my film and they reached out to my agent who I had just signed with after the, my last Australian season, I finally found a good agent and I signed with him. And once they, reviewed my film they contacted him and just said would i be interested in coming and i told him yeah i told him yeah again i didn't care about the money at the time it was strictly i just want to get the opportunities so i can showcase what i can do and go from there and got to europe for the last three months in kosovo and after that season um I got my agent found uh, a, a team in France. So he, he's based in, um, he's based in France and he found a team that was interested, liked the way I played. So I was getting ready to go into my first full season in France and then COVID hit. So now I was just like, man, I've been working. It's been going on five, six years, trying to get my foot in the door in Europe mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. So I only got to play another three months, three and a half months in my first year in France. And then agent found another deal in France again. Got to uh, got to go back for a full year, full season, for the second time around. And then this past summer, just got a random call. I literally just got back from France and got a random call from the, from my agent, and he um, he told me he had an opportunity, a new opportunity for me. And yeah, I ended up in Sheffield. But it was it's like it's ironic. Uh, like where I'm at right now because I've messaged all these teams back in the day and they all told me no. <laughs> yeah. So like now that I'm here and playing, it, it's like each day I wake up, it, it's, I just think about all those days that I was just stand up late, sending emails and all that and being told no. And now I'm finally over here living it out, living out the dream. So yeah, it's been, it's been a grind, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm in Sheffield. It, it feels just like being in Australia everybody speak english and driving on the other side of the road so yeah, it's, the correct yeah i feel like i'm home 
definitely the correct side of the road, but that's okay. That's that's not an argument yeah. we'll have here. That's <laughs> fine. Um, well, there was a couple of stops along the way there, obviously, uh, with Kosovo, France, and now England. Has there been any, like like you say, you come from America, has there been any of those sort of mind-melting, mind-melting sort of moments when you're in a different country and just that there's been something that's, you know, happened or just they, they do something slightly differently that you're like, I, I just cannot understand this. Like, what is going on here? Have you had any of those in your travels? Yeah, so Kosovo and France, it was only the... <laughs> You wake up and you're like when you talk to people back home, you're obviously speaking English. Yeah. And then when you you go out, you step out, everything looks the same. It, it, like obviously a little bit older buildings being in Europe, but it it all looks the same. So you're not thinking twice, like oh yeah, I'm in a different country. It just it, it all looks familiar. And then when you go to order something or you go to buy something and they're speaking a different language, and then you got to pull your phone out and use Google Translate or show pictures of what you want. <laughs> it, that's when it's like oh okay. I'm I'm overseas. I'm not back home, and that's when it's it starts to get frustrating because now you can't communicate for yourself. Like you can't navigate without trying to use Google Translate if you don't already know the language. I mean, if you know the language, that obviously helps. But for me, I didn't know the languages in in Kosovo and France. And during Kosovo, I wasn't even staying in Kosovo. I was living in Serbia, so I was driving across the border each day. So yeah, it, it was. It had his moments like, man, I'm actually over here. And like being over overseas, you find out that it's not a physical grind, it's more of a mental grind when you're when you're thrown into a whole new culture and a, a whole new way of life, you're just like, All right, man, that that's the the mind melting, like, all right, you gotta get used to this and you gotta make sure you stay stay positive through it all. All right. Well, you know, quite a big journey you've had so far, and it's certainly not over yet. Um, but, you know, Mel and I are a bit obliged each time we have a guest on the show. Just just put our feelers out there for what it would be like. You know, would you would you consider coming back home to the Caps? I mean, maybe we could organise Yatla Pies to sponsor the post-game meals or something like that. Would, <laughs> would that be enough meals. to entice? Pre and post. <laughs> yeah, pre- yeah, you get that. Yeah, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, I'd heard it here first, listeners. Yeah. Yes, that's not a no. So, yep, heard it here first. Aaron Anderson, 2022. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, all right. <laughs> Definitely not breaking news. Um, all right, Aaron, you've made it through the, the formalities of the interview. Uh, but we do like to finish off with some more fun, quick-fire questions if you still got a few more minutes. Yep, no problem. All right, first one of our Let It Rain segment. Who are your top five players of all time? Nice, simple right. one to get you started. Yeah, man. So, dang. <laughs> top five of all time. I'll just have to go by position. Because yep. being a guard, I would just give all guards, but I'll do it by position. So, at center, I'm putting Shaq. Mm-hmm. Power forward, I'm going to be biased. Coming from Minnesota and put KG. Mm. Love it. Oh, man. Small forward. Interchangeable, but you can have Kevin Durant or LeBron. Mm. Shooting guard, I'm going Jordan. And point guard, either. Oh, man. Uh, 
Don't worry, they get easier after this one. <laughs> Man, that... <laughs> it's always hard to choose your own position, I, I reckon. Yeah, because you watch so many. Like, mm. you watch so many players. But, uh... Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Chris Paul. Ooh. Yep. Yes, that's tough because... General. I would either go... After that, I would go Steve Nash or Magic. Don't have Curry in that conversation? I could... I mean, Curry plays point, but I have him more as a shooting guard. But that's just mm. my opinion. Yeah. All right. Favorite music artist? Uh, favorite music artist? Uh, Drake. Nice. What's your go-to karaoke song? Go-to karaoke song would be... I don't even do karaoke, but if it was to be karaoke song... Man. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, hmm. Can just be a favorite song. <laughs> Something you know the uh, words to that you're not going to feel too awkward. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Hill, Zion. Ooh, nice. Uh, besides, you know, Yatla Pies, what would be your go to cheat meal at the moment in England? Uh, go to cheat meal. I don't think it's a cheat meal if you're having it twice a week, Mel. <laughs> that's, just a, that's a standard meal. It depends on how much you want to cheat, mate. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. I have to say uh, Indian curry. All right. Do you like a proper, you know, proper hot vindaloo or something a bit more tepid? Uh, I got the my favorite dish. Um, shout out to Indian Murchie. In Brisbane, um, there's a spot in Brisbane, really good. I, I, it was actually my pregame ritual. I'd always eat there before the games, but uh, they got me hooked on the chicken tikka masala. Ah, uh, the tikka. Yeah, uh, so I get that here, over here. I get that once a week, sometimes twice, depending on how I'm feeling. Definitely one of the more interesting pregame meals I've heard of. I probably wouldn't make it out to the court, but um, good on <laughs> All right, you've got a delicate tum tum. It's all good. Hey, I've always said Aaron's the most explosive guard I've ever seen. <laughs> Load up the tank, mate. Load up the tank. All right, your, your favorite kicks of all time. Oh, man. You guys are killing me. Uh, either the Air Jordan 1s or the Air Jordan 11s. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's totally fair. All right. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie. Oh man, that's life by with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, in the Aaron Anderson movie, who plays Aaron Anderson? <laughs> I got that's, that's funny. You guys just asked me this because I was actually asked this a couple months ago, but <laughs> it would have to be um, uh, what's his name? Two guys. It had to be Omar Epps who played in Love and Basketball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or I know people like in movies, they like to uh, make stuff, <laughs> they make it drastic. It'd have to be Kevin Hart just due to the size. <laughs> I love it. Bit of physical comedy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working with it. All right, all right. All right. You've been given the keys to starting a franchise in the NBA. You can pick two current players that you're going to build around right now today. 
it had to be man. So like you could Who's choose got... LeBron, but he's getting pretty old. So no, yeah, he said today's NBA. <laughs> yeah, so I'd, right I'd go. I'd go. I'd have to go KD and Curry. <laughs> yep, they're gonna. Your team's gonna average 160 or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go those two, KD mm-hmm. and Curry, right now. Draymond to get along with. Oh. One of them forever and one for a while. Yeah, just as long as you win a championship, you don't have to get along off the court. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, if you could sit courtside and watch any game from any league ever, what game would you go back and watch? Um, um, the, what was it? That is 98. 98, the Bulls-Utah when, he hit, when Jordan hit the last shot. I'd have to see that one, or when uh, Kobe had the eighty-one. Oh, poor Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one of your last questions here: your favorite jersey number and why? Uh, zero. And the meaning behind why I wear zero is nothing was given and everything was earned. So Gilbert Arena said it. And it stuck with me because it hit home with me and how my journey's been through basketball. So that's why I wear number zero. And yeah, that's my favorite number. Yeah, it also represents how many players I saw stop you in the QBL over here. But (laughs) (laughs) all right. Appreciate that. That's all right because here comes your last question. I was just buttering you up a little bit. Uh, So, Aaron, that's it, mate. Hope you've had a really good time with us. We've enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, Your exit ticket for this week is going to be, who do you think Mel and I should have on Borderline Australia next? I would say uh, uh, Will Shackleford, Ooh, who used to play really? at, uh, yeah, at Glaston. Mm. Oh. Yeah, I would, yeah, get him, get him on the show. We will do our best. Uh, yeah, saw quite a few of his games. It'd be nice to, to sort of talk about that and, yeah, see what he's up to, I guess. But um, that brings us to the end of uh, our discussion this evening or this morning oh, over there in England. Sorry about that. Can I say one more name? Sure can. Oh, you can say yeah. 10 if you want. Uh, have you had James Legan on the show? <laughs> no, no. That would be awesome. Oh, I, yeah, I can, I'll can. i send a message out to him. Appreciate it. That would be unreal. Let's see if he'd like to get on your show. There we go. Appreciate it. All right, Aaron. Well, once again, thanks for joining the show here. Hopefully, uh, you know, the, the COVID and, and health and safety stuff sort of dies down over there and you get back out on court. And we wish you all the best for the rest of the season there and look forward to seeing you back in a Capitals uniform very soon. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on the show <laughs> and go Caps. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Huge thanks there to Aaron Anderson. Great chat. Love the pie talk. Thanks again. All right. All right, buddy. Time for that new sting. I wanted to... Uh, I'm going to push play on it here and uh, I'll put a bit of work into this. Uh, so I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I haven't pushed play yet. All right, here we go. Here we go. Pick and roll. Pick and roll. Took them basketball, not boogers. <laughs> wanted to get your thoughts. <laughs> Can I ask a question first? Yep. 
do I have to have thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> We're all about positivity this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on no no I like it I like uh, it you know we're talking basketball and we're not talking about boogers and look you got rid of your Celtics bit so yeah I'm happy yeah can always can always bring it back if, if you want if you're a bit embarrassed word. by your franchise right now all good love the new bit whoa whoa <laughs> we're getting straight into this NBA stuff we've have, have we got we? buttons for pick and roll as we go forward uh, I've got no <laughs> <laughs> oh. I could come up with a long-winded no. Ah, all good. Oh. I, I love pick and roll, not picking boogers. Sounds good. Yeah, well, you know. All right, first headline. What do we got, mate? The Knicks and the Hawks make the only half-relevant trade of the season so far. Uh. There's going to be so many trades, they tell us. Yeah, yeah, there's not much. Look, you're going to pop on this one because, frankly, it, it doesn't feel like anyone's necessarily hugely won out of it. Um, no, it, don't it, get caught up in the reddish hype, everyone. Yeah, it just... He's a dookie, but... Yeah, it just feels like they've traded... Both, both teams have traded a player that didn't necessarily really fit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's more like the Hawks traded out of necessity... With personality than mm. anything else. But anyway, mm. um, you wanted to pop? Yeah, it's out, out of that one. There was two statement wins in this past week. Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on which one you think was bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to decide if you want to go ahead with that or not. Mm. All right, let's roll. <laughs> all right, we had the Nets getting all three of their guys on the court and obliterating the healthy Bulls. Not healthy right now. They were at this time, and they were just wiped off the floor. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. we had the Bucks absolutely dismantling the Golden State Warriors with little Steph Curry struggling out there. Clay Thompson shooting under forty percent from the field from his return. I mean, which of those Eastern Conference powerhouses, the two teams that we think are destined to to meet in the conference finals mm. which one do you think was the biggest statement win of the week mm. the one i liked more was actually the nets because in the third quarter they were actually oh. tied up and then just bam it was relentless yeah it was like a 30 something to six run or something like mm. that it was absolutely crazy but if you want a statement win Coming out against GSW and basically kicking their butts in the first quarter and then just walking away with the game, that mm. kind of sends a statement. Yeah, well, you're not mm. wrong. Mm. So I'd have Which to go one are you locking the, in? I'd have to go with the second one on statement win. Okay. If you want statement win, but the one I liked was that Nets one. That was just... Because they can turn it on like that. It's it's incredible how they can. But All right. Brief interval here in between mm-hmm. pick and roll. We're going to do... Some trivia. Oh, God. Yes. Hey, it's just weekly I trivia. Mean, yay. Hopefully, you s- you've forgotten over the last few weeks to research this coming in. Mm-hmm. Players of the week from each conference. <laughs> yeah. All right. The Western Conference Player of the Week. Have you looked these up? Do you know them? Uh, Feel free to say yes if you do. In the interim, there was at least one for Jar. Oh, yeah. But that was last week. I'd love okay. to bang on about him. Yep. And I will very shortly. Um, but not for yes. this one. 
So this Western Conference Player of the Week, whew, let's just say he shoots his shots on and off the court. Often. He plays for one of the best teams in the West. He's in a backcourt where he doesn't get talked about nearly as much as a veteran that came into the team last season. Oh, Booker. Mm, D-Book. 3-0 the Suns last week. Mm -hmm. 27 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists for Mr. Booker. Uh, so he's been carving up over last week. As we record as well today, just dropped 48 points. Mm. And boy, oh boy, did my fantasy team need that. Especially playing against Devin Booker's one and only fan in Australia that I know of. So, eh. shout out, Joel. It's got to be a few more out there, the more he... The it's more Joel, it's Joel's decade, him. just not his week. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. My form is not that good, though, so we'll see. Yeah, look, yeah we're going to roll it out to the decade. All right. All right, All right let's uh, jump over to the east. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got this player actually written down to talk about uh, tonight. Mm -hmm. um, but stop looking because that's cheating. Yeah. So this player comes from a surprise team. And this surprise team of the season has chosen this backcourt player over who everyone thought was their chosen backcourt player. If that makes sense. They're, they've had two really good backcourt players. One of them was the chosen one, allegedly. But he's out injured, won't be back this season. And the other one is who they seem to have chose prior to this other injury. He's really showing out. He's getting some all-star love on a very small market team. Extremely small market after, you know, one of the more recognizable names, one a chip and left. So we're heading to Cleveland. It's my surprise oh, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleve, 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 Cleve. So you got a couple players here, but... They're backcourt player who's been showing out. Yeah, sorry, mate. You threw me off with all your cryptic stuff about, you know, injuries and whatever. My first point was to go, yep, the surprise team. We're in the East. It's got to be Cleveland. Um, so Colin Sexton, of course, was mm -hmm. the chosen one there. Mm -hmm. so Evan, He's as good as gone. Evan Mobler? No, other backcourt player, guard. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it can't be Rubio. He's gone. It's the uh, other half of Sexland. Garland. Yeah, Darius go. Garland. So the Cavs went 4-0. and We're going to have a brief chat about them a bit later. 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 13 assists per game. Mm. That is pushing MVP numbers, mm. <laughs> let alone All-Star. Um, obviously, that's a small sample size, four games, but he's been pretty consistent all season, um, averaging 20-8 and eight across the season. So Darius Garland, Devin Booker, Two young stars on two small markets right after Ja Morant won it for the West last week. You love to see it. Mm. Love to see you, the small market you, love. You definitely do. You definitely do. <laughs> All right. Next one. Mm -hmm. Mr. Lillard. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to talk a bit about Portland or keep it moving? Go down that road of misery. For those diehard Portland fans we know. All one of them. Yeah. Who had a birthday this week? Shout out, Loggy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, look, let, let's keep it moving. Like, this is only is only going to stir up rumors, not facts. So, yeah, until... Look, CJ came back happens. today. Beat, mm -hmm. They beat Orlando. Nurkic mm -hmm. had a 2020 game. 
You never know. Never know. Mm. All right. Mm. I reckon you might want to talk about this one. Really? The Raptors, the Hornets, and the Celtics are all seven and three over their last ten. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you think is more back than the others? Who do you trust <laughs> the most? You can keep moving, or you can answer the question. Uh, I'm going to keep it moving on that one. <laughs> I'm going to keep it moving on that one because you want to choose your team, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. Look, C's aren't. Um, well, we've talked about this before a couple of times, and I've you know, I've been open about it. Mm-hmm. They're not having you know, the season that a lot of their fans hoped, and there was it. They're just above five hundred and find themselves in tenth place over in the East. Oh, like back when after the was it after they blew up um, when Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen left, and they got that bag. Of draft picks, was it the the first year they were in the running for the playoffs? They were scraping barely, you know, anywhere near five hundred, and they like just missing out, just getting in, and, and that's how sort of tough the the West was at the time. That's not necessarily flipped, but you know, West isn't as overall dominant with you know games won as it's still very tight at the top of the West. Not with all the injuries in the West, right? Yeah. Now. But, you know, they're Peak above 500 and they're still down at 10th and mm. you know, they've, they've got some issues. So, yeah, let's keep it moving. All right. All right. Look, I can relate, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. you said the Celtics, they're not performing like the fans expected because neither are the Grizzlies. They're performing way better. Yeah. Oh, my boys. Third in the West. Killing it. Having a good year. I've sat here quietly the whole season. Mm-hmm. Haven't said much. Mm-hmm. Kind of helps when they were just kicking off and then completing an 11-game win streak since we last were in the studio. Yeah. Um, How dirty were you when they dropped that potentially oh, 12th game? Look, I thought they were going to lose to the Wolves. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> as bad as predicted. But they just couldn't get up and play the next day against the, the Mavs. The Mavs just ran them off the floor. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. They came in against the Bulls today and made them look very second-rate, uh, mm. given injuries, of course. But, you know, Grizz have had uh, – I was listening to a, something the other day and it was something like in that 11-game win streak, the Grizzlies had used like 26 players, uh, eight different starting lineups, all this stuff of like – Everyone's saying injuries and this and that. Well, you know, every team's facing that right now, and Memphis is no different. Uh, so, look, everyone's got their own things. There's a franchise record, 11 straight games. I, I didn't actually know that. I, I thought the grit and grind team would have won, you know, 10 games at some point. Their, their largest win streak was nine, it turns out. so uh, it's, it's kind of the... It's one of those sort of more pedestrian things you'd think of a small market team sort of just being at that... You know, just into that double-digit sort of level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. All right, all right. Look, it's like uh, I talked about him at the start of the year in our prediction shows and things, and I talked about Jar having a breakout season, and he is. He's and a heavy favourite for most improved player, mm-hmm, which is what I picked for that position in our prediction show as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it must be said, thirty-one and fifteen. Did you see that? At the start of the season, did you see thirty-one and fifteen at this point? 
Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> I was very open about us, you know, pushing for a play-in spot. And mm-hmm. here we are, all but oh, touch wood, mm-hmm. all but guaranteed a home court first se- series. Oh, he's put it on wax. I've touched on tough wood. <laughs> That's what I've done. That's composite, not wood. <laughs> um, but look, Jaron Jackson at centre, it's something I've been saying at least since last season it needs to happen. And Stephen Adams going down, or he had COVID. Um, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for the team because it allowed Jaron to hop into centre and show off his potential. Everyone talks about his unicorn potential on this. Well, sorry. Not everyone. Mm. Big big media companies um, generally spoke somewhat about it. Um, when they talk about the Grizzlies. Yeah. They well, won't, They won't shut up about them now. But. Yeah. The past week, uh, no one will shut up about Memphis. And I'm sure Culture Kings, as we speak, are loading up as you know their store with Jar Morant gear. And mm. everyone... Uh, other overpriced shops are available. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to be rocking Memphis stuff. Just can't wait for that. Mm. Uh, but look... Look at you, old bandwagon of you. Yeah. In his last six games, Jaron's had 25 blocks. That's just mental. That's over four a game. Mm. Um, You know, Morant, like, you can't really argue. He's probably top 10 in the league right now. I mean, it's at that point. I mean, you, you maybe could argue not. Maybe I'm just being a homer, but I think he's easily top 10 in the league right now. Um Grizzlies, first in the power rankings this week. First time ever since after the first week of the season they've been ranked first in the power rankings. Not sure I agree with it, to be honest. Like, I know we've had the streak and, and we're playing really well. And, yeah, like, power rankings is exactly that, I guess. So, you know, it is what it is. But the, the one player no one's talking about now, or, sorry, it's not getting mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, I've just... You know, I couldn't wait for a bootleg because my connect for that is uh, taking a bit of time. So I've ordered myself a personalised Memphis jersey off the NBA store. I just can't wait any longer. Wanted it since the start of the season. One Desmond Bain. The jersey's on the way. Had to get a personalised city jersey just to get his name and number on there. But, you know, he did not nearly adopt the darkness. He was born in it. (sighs) And if you're out there I thinking... I was born in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Great movie. You're, oh, you're ruining it. But, my you know, favourite one. Yeah. Favorite one. Um, and if I believe it was uh, Jason Kadee's favourite one also. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you, my, I have very strong views on personalised jerseys, um, but you've done the personalised jersey the right way of actually picking a player mm. you know, on the fringes You'll who actually plays... You will not see my name on a jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, although there was a minute there, you know, one of us probably could have played for Atlanta. They had about 14 players out. So we could have maybe got a personalised one and just run out on the court. Yeah. I would have noticed. Yeah. Well, there was that guy who was at, was it? Um, the cricket? No, no. He went oh. to, at the end of the uh, NBA game down on the, right down the end, basically went to the gift shop, bought all the, you know, floor kit and then went out there and stretched and, you know, hands up, caught the ball, shot it, and then a security guard went over and went, hang on. (laughs) Uh, Kicked him off. But, hey, you know, he got on there, got a shot up. But Bain in his second year, I mean, you're not going to like this now because he should be on your team. But Uh. he's averaging 18 
points, four so should have the league, assists, yeah. two rebounds a game. Is, is shooting splits obviously the big thing of like you're an elite shooter if you can be a 50, 40, 90 guy? He's currently 51, 42, 89. So he's just got to hit like one more free throw. Um, and he'll be in the 50, 40, 90 club there. So look, I'm not going to spend an hour on the Grizz. Get to jump up and get excited for him now. I've had my speak. Yep, let's 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 wrap it up now. You've another five minutes? No, 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 no. No, I'm not doing this five more minute stuff, mate. No, okay. It's, well, it's... look, they're exciting to watch, and and now the rest of the world's starting to see it, and it's funny to see like Shaq and Chuck, Paul Pierce acting like they've been Grizzlies fans forever, and um, anyway, we'll keep it moving. Do you want to check in on the Aussies in the NBA? Always, baby. Always. All right, just quickly, just a few things that have stood out. Paddy Mills had two games of 21 points mm-hmm. in a row. Mm-hmm. Didn't play that well in the loss to the Cavs today, but eh, yeah. we, we ignore the rough games for Paddy. Yeah, and look, you know, to be completely fair, he has had a couple of couple of games where you know scoring's been a bit light. You know, heavy minutes, n- not as much scoring. You know, we'll we'll play both sides of that coin. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that coin, um, guys are walking Australian God. So, you know. Or all hail Paddy. whatever religion you follow. Or God should cover all. Whatever <laughs> whatever deity you choose. Other deities are out That's there for offensive. worship. <laughs> Anywho. Welcome to 2022, everyone. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, I love going on basketball reference. Very, you know, they give you lots of good stats, of course. I love the nickname section at the top. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Thibel, his first nickname of us for reference is Mathief. <laughs> Mathief. <laughs> That's not bad. I like that. I like that. I like that. Because That's he good. has been exactly that. He's mm. out with a shoulder issue right now, but over his last four games, he has 10 steals. Mm. And he's contributing a bit more in the points and rebounds departments as well. So it, it's good to see uh, Thibel really digging in. And he's carving out that niche, and, and we still just go back to what Doc said of he's a jump shot away from generational wealth. Mm. And look, Ben Simmons got generational wealth with that jump shot, so why can't Mathief? But mm. anyway. Yeah, haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mate. know. What about uh, one Jacques Landale? Oh, Jock got his first start uh, mm. for the Spurs, and he dropped a double-double nice. in a win. Nice. So, 10 points, 11 boards. Got relegated straight back to the bench today when Podal returned, but uh, uh, they nice. also lost today. So, hmm. Hmm. common denominator. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Get Jock in there. Classic Jock, though. Kicking goals or scoring baskets. Oh. You know, on and off the floor. Uh, got engaged in the last couple of weeks as well. So, ah. You know, it looked like it was Central Park, I believe. Hmm. Mm, lovely, whole, lovely place. What a two-year stretch Jock is having. <laughs> like, oh my God. And, and just on uh, Josh Giddy, I mean, you do a whole podcast on him every week, but mm. another double-double this week against the Cavs. Looks like all our guys are playing the Cavs this week. Jeez, <laughs> uh, he just looks so good. I mean, he's, he's averaging 12, 7, and 6. And, you know, for a casual, it's like, oh, 12 points. He sucks. It's like, no, like... Even like even if you're not a casual fan, if you're a bit more into it, you understand 12, 7, and 6. For rookies, good numbers. Mm. But then it's more like watching what he's doing as well. 
in those six assists per game, you're looking at the types of passes he's throwing and just thinking, well, I was going to say no shade to OKC, but it's a little bit of shade. If he was on a better team, those assist numbers would go up even more. Mm. more people are going to hit shots. You know, the whole defense at the moment is structured to stop Giddy and Gilgis Alexander. So what if Giddy was the third or fourth guy on the team and he's hitting all these other guys? I mean, I, I'm really excited for him. I know you were quite bullish on him all last season in the NBL and that's why we keep a close eye on him. But he, he's got something special. I feel okay there. with saying hashtag my guy. I feel okay with you that. and everyone else, bud. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I, you know, I've put it on wax right from mm. our very first show. So, you know, I, I have, I have the proof. I have the tapes. It's the, out there. The in proof the is in the pudding. Well, it's in the podcast. Yikes! That needs work. That needs work. <laughs> All right, I got a couple of surprise ones for you. Oh Jesus! Yeah, you're not choosing pick or pop for these. I'm just gonna Charles Barkley. Yeah, I don't think he's putting up big numbers. He was quoted today as saying, oh, there you go. I'm not talking about that guy anymore or that dude anymore. I just hope they lose, period. Who's talking about Kyrie Irving? <laughs> Charles Barkley. I'm not talking about that dude anymore. I just hope they lose, period. Like, right. okay. Mm. Okay, Chuck. Mm. I mean, I guess he is an expert on losing in the playoffs, so... Oh, don't forget the finals. Well, he, he literally never won. <laughs> it's like, well, don't forget the finals as well. Lost in the finals too. Yeah, mm. literally never won. Mm. But you know, anyway, throwing shade at Kyrie. Look, we're all sick of the narratives, I guess. But at the same time, you don't have to like his decisions. But he is a grown man. You have to respect his decisions. Yeah, it, whether you agree with him or not, he's standing up for what he believes in, whether he's doing it the right way or not. And I mean, like, you know, we're not going to get into an immunization debate and this and that. Obviously, you know, just get the jab people. But when he's on the court, like, it's just mesmerizing. And I don't know, like, how you can hate the on-court product and then wish upon a team to lose. Like... I think it more might be that sort of, you know, that idea because he works for one of these bigger, you know, media companies and they sort of get dictated to which which players and stories they have to – he might just be flat out sick of having the same conversation mm. over and over and over and over again. And he's at the point of his career where he's like, you know what, I'm just jack of this. <laughs> like, I think he's jack of everything to be well, honest. Well, you know, he, he has been there for a while. Mm. So, you know, and I <laughs> – I'm not anywhere near his age and I'm getting crankier. <laughs> and look, just like, you know, we say to respect Kyrie's decisions, it's you got to respect that's that's uh, Chuck's opinion and, mm -hmm. like, we can't tell him that's wrong. Or <laughs> If he's sick of talking about Kyrie on national television, he's sick of talking about Kyrie on national television. It is what it is. Last one. James Harden broke a record this week. Today, actually. On the court? On the court, broke a record. Okay. He broke a record from the same guy who Steph Curry just broke a record from. Uh, Sugar? Mm. Sugar Ray? So James Harden, mm -hmm. in 386 less games than round, 
pretty amazing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Has missed the most three-pointers in NBA history. <laughs> in, <laughs> he's played nearly 400 less games than Ray Allen, and he's missed more threes. That just shows you, of course, you got Steph's disgusting record of how many less games he's played. Mm-hmm. We've made threes. Mm-hmm. It just shows you what age we're living in right now. And, oh, yeah. they get him up. Yeah. Get him up. I mean, there's got to be a payoff somewhere where all these crazy three-point numbers are up now. You would look back and, like, obviously the mid-range, there'd be way more of that in the in 90s, 2000s. Um, but, yeah, James Harden, breaking records, um, being swelled around in rumours, heading to Philly in the off-season, allegedly. See what happens. Yeah. We'll see. All right, Mal. Well, that, that's about a wrap on everything. So, brings us to the end of another episode. Usually, this would be the part where we do our little crackums. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think given the gift giving and, look, we did a bit of crackum for each other during the mm-hmm. gifts, mm-hmm. I might, might give that a miss this week and come back. Next week's the last week of January, so straight back into the, the crackum draft. Yeah, some vintage and we've got some... Uh We've got some extra packs on the way, Ooh. so hopefully they're hey. they're in the studio, you know, a- ahead of time, and we don't have similar, you know, eBay letting me down issues. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've. I'm just hoping for some more Grant Rillers. <laughs> well, there's no point. There can only be so many made, right? Well, <laughs> we might I mean, have them all. On, on the table in front of us, we've got Grant Riller cards, Kobe card, and a signed Brian Scal. I mean. We have every we have a goat for all seasons here. I mean, you know, if if that doesn't cover you off, I'm sorry. What will? All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. That was a massive show. We've had a lot to talk about. We've had two weeks of being off the air, so I had to cram that all in. Uh, so if you stick stuck with us till the end here, we appreciate that. If you've enjoyed the show, everything we've covered, our interview with Aaron, please give us a, a like, follow, and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook. Instagram, wherever you get your podcasts from, Ball Don't Lie Australia, just type it in, we'll pop up. Uh, and we really appreciate that. It's kind of what gets us going here. Um, now, in year two, we've decided to change things up a little bit here. Generally, this is the awkward part of the, the podcast where I tell you to tell your dog and your neighbor and Mel introduces some other quirky character into the fold. However, Mel, we're, we're going to do something a little bit different at the end of the shows now. Mm. You, mm. You, you know, you... Being the, the teacher over there, you kind of say you're a bit of a, a wise man, I guess. Yeah, I dole out some advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm just going to let you give out one piece of advice for our listeners at the end of every episode. It doesn't have to be basketball related. It could be just remember to buy Velcro shoes because they're easier. Yeah. Well, with COVID being back in our lives, um, I do have one interesting I think it's interesting uh, piece of advice out there for you. What now, were you calling these before? Muse and uh, macadamia? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. This is the musings and machinations of Mal. Machination. Machinations. Shout out Macca down the coast. Yeah. Machination. Love that kid. <laughs> Love that kid. Uh, all right. So with COVID and everything back in our lives, the other day I found a really interesting life hack or something to look out for, depending on whether you want to steer into this or not. Um, I was out at the shops. I gave my daughter some choc chip bickies, which she loves. She got the choc chip all over her fingers. I just wiped it off with my hands. And then in the 
was it in the 30 odd seconds that it was on my hands at some point I just readjusted my mask then I started getting really weird looks from people. Wasn't until I got back to the car that I realized it looked like I had poo on the outside of my mask. So here's the tip, life hack or thing to avoid. If you're having chocolate, be aware of your mask. If you don't want anyone to talk to you and people to avoid you properly, rub a little bit of chocolate between your fingers and put it on your mask. There you go. Or if you really want to be authentic. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Well, that, great piece of advice, Sam Mal. I'm sure oh. the, the listeners really enjoyed that. Um, but, folks, we'll be back next week ready to cover all, all your major headlines in our local leagues in the NBA. And we do have another special guest lined up for you next week. So make sure you tune in. And just remember, that ball don't lie. Never does.